They say the journey of a thousand miles begins in one step Watch me two-step, double jump the line Don't care who's next, sun will only shine if you let it uh, Second place is still considered winning, don't forget it uh, Look at all the paths that I chose Look at how I rose, slam slam dunk like D-Rose Slam it on my foes, I put one foot up up on the moon uh, Next step coming soon, uh, magic in they face The journey continues, uh, journey continues Journey continues, journey continues Journey continues. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning back into Human Journey Podcast this week. I am so honored to introduce you to my friend, Marissa Sotos. Uh, Marissa has been a pastor slash mission developer for Tree of Life since 2016. She loves the energy and creativity of Minneapolis and being a part of the community called Tree of Life. I had the honor of meeting Marissa at the Coven in Minneapolis and was able to visit her community right after our interview. And it was just such a great experience. It feels not as pushy as some other uh, environments where you focus on your spirituality and I just am so honored to be able to sit, call Marissa my friend. Marissa scheduled for this interview out of bravery. She, we didn't know each other before this and I'm so grateful for it. Enough of me talking. I'm introducing you to my friend Marissa Sotos. Enjoy your nourishment. My name is Marissa Sotos, and uh, that's my married name, and my maiden name was Marissa Siders. My age is 34. I just turned 34. I don't know what my mental age is. Probably about the same. <laughs> I am kind of a white, middle-class lesbian from California who now lives in the Midwest. I am happily married, and I'm a Lutheran pastor. I believe all of my grandparents were born in the United States. I have a master's in divinity from a Lutheran seminary, and I was homeschooled all the way through until college and got a bachelor's degree in harp performance. Some labels that other people created for me, that's a really good question. Maybe on the like less offensive side, very type A or perfectionist. I mean, occasionally I'll get called like a dyke or something like that. Um, and I also feel like there's often a label in people's minds of what it means to be Christian clergy that really doesn't fit who I am. I'm not sure who the most influential person in my life was. I think growing up it was mostly books, actually. <laughs> I was really formed by Jane Eyre <laughs> and this idea of being someone who is in hostile environments or who is misunderstood and having a lot of inner integrity in spite of that. Um, so that's a very lonely answer maybe, but I think especially when I was younger, that's pretty accurate. Three people that are always there for me are my wife, definitely Maggie. She's awesome and has been with me for nine years now and just incredible. And my best friend, Amy, I've known her since we were 18 and we've been through all sorts of stuff together. Uh, and she's, she's like a sister to me. And uh, can I name my dog? <laughs> um, so my dog, Abe, is a new addition. Uh, but I just love having his little spirit around and being able to have him there for me too. I think I have lots of songs related to memories. I often make playlists around certain seasons or certain moods. 
Yeah, most of them are pretty pretty dark memories, though. Uh, a lighter one would be um, that for our first dance, my wife and I used Wouldn't It Be Nice, um, which was, like, cheesy, but also just really cute. And we were so excited to get married, so the idea of Wouldn't It Be Nice to Be Married was really exciting. Got married in Minnesota as soon as it became legal in Minnesota the same year, um, actually legally the same month, and then our big church wedding was in the spring, and that was a really cool thing. But we weren't, um, yeah, we weren't married nationally and for a little bit yet. So um, I feel very fortunate because we, are, the natural arc of our relationship really matched the arc of what was happening legally in Minnesota. And then I was actually doing long distance. I was living in Illinois at the time. And then um, nationally and just like as we were getting engaged and then legally married and then Sarah married, as we call it, and then moving and everything, like every time there was that question of, is it going to be okay legally? Are we going to be able to have the same rights in different states if we're living in different states? And um, it was like the exact timeline that things were happening. So it's really crazy to me that even just five years ago, you know, having just celebrated our fifth anniversary, that we weren't married on a federal level. But um, I, I know there are so many people that had to wait so long, and we actually didn't wait, which was kind of crazy. I am not yet the best version of myself, but I'm a better version than I used to be. Um, I've struggled with PTSD my whole life, and I don't know what it's like to not have trauma. And I know that it's made me who I am, but if there was some, some way to know who I would have been and what life would be like without that, I, that would be so amazing to just be free of those memories and those habits and all the things that I still carry with me um, and just be able to figure out who I would have been without that hurt. I think I've felt small a lot, and not just because I'm a very small person. <laughs> um, I grew up in a very uh, restrictive, conservative sect, and um, women and children and queer people were all people who were not supposed to say anything. And I always fought that, but it was still really hard to feel like anybody saw me as taking up any space and I think sometimes it's still really hard to feel like it's okay to take up space. I think what I would have told myself when I was a lot younger is that you're gonna get out and you can survive this and it's okay to leave it behind because when I was that age, I remember telling my older self, don't forget about this, don't forget me and how bad it was. And I want to honor that, but I think that it's made it really hard for me to move on. And so I would want to say, yes, remember where you came from and how hard it was, but one of the wonderful things about growing up is that you get to be free of that. And you can walk away from the things that hurt you without dishonoring your story. I, I left the church when I was 16. Um, 
at least mentally and spiritually. My parents still made me go while I lived under the roof. But um, I became an agnostic and then an atheist uh, for about six years. And I did some exploration of Buddhism when I was in college and really loved that, but I never formally converted. And I did really need the space. I needed to be away from, um, from religion. And I don't... Like, at the time, I don't think I even thought I was really thinking about it. I was just like, no, this is wrong. The hypocrisy of what I had seen growing up was just so clear. I mean, I think especially when you're a teenager, you're, it's very, very easy to see that people around you are not practicing what they're preaching. And um, so I was just, I was done. Um, and I felt very comfortable with that. But looking back, what's funny is that I think I was very spiritual the whole time. I wasn't going to church or anything, but um, I was a music major, and I loved, you know, a lot of sacred music or just music um, and the spiritual side of that and being in nature. And I lived in Japan for a while after college, and I spent a lot of time praying at Shinto shrines. And um, I, I made it, like, part of my daily routine to go pray, and it wasn't that I was praying to anyone in particular. It was just that I had this real need for that, that beauty and stillness and that type of reaching out for something. So when I moved back to the States, um, I, it is a long story, but I really, really needed a job. <laughs> um, and my friend was working at a Lutheran church, and she said, hey, our receptionist just quit. Do you want to come work here just temporarily? And I was, I was really unsure about like going into a church and how that would be. And they, they were really welcoming to me. And I was really clear, like, I'm an atheist. I'm just here, you know, to work. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, just, you know, don't, like, interrupt us when we're praying, and it's fine. And I just fell in love, like, head over heels with the congregation, with how I saw people actually doing what they said they cared about, um, helping people, supporting each other. Um, and, and so I, I got really curious about it, like actually pretty fast, I think probably after about six months, because it didn't end up being temporary, of course. Like they were like, oh, you could just stay. And I really wanted that at that point. So I started showing up for worship, like sneaking in the balcony, and I thought nobody could see me, and I totally could. <laughs> I'd come in late and leave early and, like, not go up for communion. And it really drew me back in this powerful way. I started loving um, all of the symbols and the ritual and just asking questions all the time. Like, why do you do this? What does this mean? Like, tell me about the history of this. And eventually, through that, I finally was like, well, I'm going to go up for communion one day. I don't really know what this means, but I I feel like I want to be a part of it. Um and it was this really overwhelming spiritual experience for me of just feeling like, oh, this is this physical connection to God in this crazy way that I don't understand. But, and that I was just welcomed into that in spite of, you know, being kind of the weird atheist lesbian girl. <laughs> um, and after that, like, I just, my, my barriers kind of fell as far as God and as as far as the church, at least in some ways, of, oh, I can be myself, and there's a place for me, and God, it felt like God wanted to welcome me home, um, even though I, I didn't really think I had been looking for that. It became such a powerful feeling of 
this is right, this is homecoming. And um, I, I really treasure that, and I got baptized a few months later. It's the question of what are you devoted to, and that there's always something that we're drawn towards. I think we need more bravery, and um, maybe I say that because I think I need more bravery, but I believe that if everyone was just a bit more courageous and standing up for what we believe is right and connecting with other people, that uh, that would take us a long ways towards the world that we need. I have a lot of confidence in leading worship. I love it. I feel very in the moment. It's one of the few times that I actually feel like I'm completely immersed in what I'm doing and paying attention to every aspect of it. I mean, not all the time, obviously. Sometimes I'm distracted or stuff happens. But I love that, and it gives me a sense of confidence because I'm paying attention to the the texts and the Bible stories, but also to the people in the room and what they might be bringing with them that week, and also to the music and the symbols that either I'm holding or sharing or that they're there visually. And for whatever reason, that makes me feel very alive and very confident because I like there's there's no room in my brain for anything else or for doubt or anything or self-doubt because I'm just paying attention to all these things and how they're coming together um, with God and with the people that are there and it's such an amazing feeling for me. Oh, I'm grateful for so much. It's funny, I just did, um, I have this prayer app for examine and one of the steps is what are you grateful for today? So I just did that and yeah, I mean, from the really banal things of, like, it's a gorgeous day in Minnesota. <laughs> my wife, my dear friends, uh, the fact that my nephew cut his chin, but now he's doing okay. Um, that I had enough money to pay for parking. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, the whole the whole gamut of it. My, my dog and cat, my lovely home, my wonderful wife. It's just, I mean, I feel like I... It can be a little bit of a, once I start thinking about it, like, it's like, oh, it's all the things. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard for me to choose just one thing to be grateful for. <laughs> so my shameless plug will be that I have a, a little church called Tree of Life, and we're using the tagline spiritual, but also slightly religious, because I find value in spirituality on the more personal or mystical side, but I also find a lot of value in tradition and learning the ways that people have delved into seasons and texts and rituals for a really long time. I am a sucker for learning things. <laughs> I love new information of just about any type. Um, even like the Instagram class this morning, I don't use Instagram a ton and I probably won't, but it was just so interesting to learn about it and how people are using it and all the different like things with lighting and hashtags. And so, yeah, I, I love just learning new things and about people and their stories as well so I am a little bit of a intellectual slut <laughs> I found so much healing and connection in Christian community and I also had a really hard time going into that building you know and being like is this going to be okay and so if there's anything that I can do to help other people have that experience without the barriers of oh, it's, you know, it's these traditions I don't understand, or it's this building that's really imposing, or will I be accepted? Whatever I can do to make those connections easier for people is what drives me. 
I've been working on this little Christian community called Tree of Life Lutheran for about three years now. And we are an evening community so that we can uh, sing evening prayer and we can eat dinner together. We're always eating snacks and stuff. Um, And we, yes, use this tagline of spiritual but also slightly religious, queer-friendly, millennial-led. And we would love for people to check us out at Facebook at Tree of Life MPLS or uh, the same on Instagram. I want to say thank you to Marissa for being a part of this journey. Her story is very relatable and I appreciate that I have someone in my life that is spiritual and feels human to me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review for Human Journey Podcast and check out our Instagram at Human Journey Pod. Also, make sure you send in your questions at humanjourneypod at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Bye.